So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, this is Corey Peterson with the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. We've got a great show for you guys today. This is episode number 21. We are smoking. I've got a good show for you today. I've got a great friend, Bob Bowman. Bob has been in the business for quite some time. And really, we kind of have, in a way, a, a similar backstory. And Bob, I don't want to take any of your like thunder here. So... Let me introduce you, Bob Bowman, real estate investor extraordinaire, knows a couple things about real estate. Uh, thanks, Corey. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you inviting me onto your uh, program. Uh, it's much appreciated. And uh, yes, we do. You know, you and I kind of started off together uh, back in uh, maybe maybe eight, 10 years ago into the apartment business. I'm trying to think it was around 2008, 2009, probably one of the worst times uh, to, to get started, uh, honestly. But, you know, I, I, in my, uh, I'll just give you a little brief uh, background of myself. I went to school. I'm from Indiana. went to Ball State University. And uh, behind David Letterman, he was a few years ahead of me, but he was the famous alumni at Ball State. And uh, I got a degree in education. I always wanted to become a teacher, and I was a runner. And um, I took that path with my, with my career. And then shortly after getting into teaching, I realized I wanted to be in business and actually started, uh, I became a salesperson and I sold back in the days computers when they first came out. And then I sold copiers for a long time. And, you know, I learned how to sell and learn how to talk with people and create business where there was none. I had a very, very good sales manager and uh, I was very lucky in that respect and worked for a great company. And I made a lot of money for the company. And, you know, I did okay myself, but, you know, after, you know, a number of years, I got tired of working for a company. I'd watch these infomercials. I would watch our Carlton Sheets and Russ Whitney, and, you know, back in the day. And, um, and I would hear about, you know, all the single family homes and that they were buying and how much money they were making. And I just dreamed, I just wish I could work for myself and, and do that. So one day, I went to one of those seminars and uh, it was a Russ Whitney seminar back in uh, 2002, 2003. Okay. Um, I, uh, I bought the whole program. I decided that if I'm going to do real estate, I might as well get myself educated. I didn't know anything about it and uh, started buying single family homes uh, with, uh, and we used to do lease options with them, you know, buy the home, renovate it, get somebody in there. Uh, and because we know statistically 80% of lease options, you know, really don't work out. And so you keep the home and, you know, you just, uh, you know, it's a great way to make money. And we were doing really well. We, we, we live here in central Florida. We live in the Orlando area. This was our market. 
And we learned all the various techniques of, of buying real estate. And then in 2008, you know, 2007, things started to change. And so we realized that we needed to start selling our single family homes because particularly here in Florida, prices had gone up so high and then were crashing so fast. Uh, we got out of almost all of our uh, single family homes. Uh, but then we lost our net worth. Uh, we lost our income. Uh, I had long quit my job because I was doing real estate full-time and my wife had uh, left her full-time job. We both had great jobs at the time. And then we decided that, you know, we can't do single family homes. So we, you know, we really need to reinvent ourselves. So I started looking at apartments out in Daytona Beach and in Orlando and different parts of Central Florida. And I was looking for apartments maybe that were 30 units or 80 units. And you know, I realized that, you know, going from a single family home of $40,000 to an apartment of, uh, you know, 800000 or a million dollars that, gosh, I, you know, I didn't have any money. Yes. And uh, you, need, you need money to buy real estate. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, was, it was really hard and we weren't really sure which way, you know, we wanted to turn and what we wanted to do. Um, I knew nothing about apartments, of course. I only knew about single family homes, you know, because that's what my real estate education provided me and that's what I was doing. Right. Um, but we really needed money. That one thing and, and you just got really good at that one thing, right? Yeah, we got really good at it. It became a cookie cutter. Uh, but then we ended up, you know, we had to sell. We had to get out because our properties were devaluing so quickly. So I heard a, I heard a gentleman, um, you know, by the name of Dave Lindahl say, I'm going to have my very first private money boot camp and come and learn how to raise all the money you'd ever want for your deals. So I thought it was a scam. I wasn't sure. So I taught, you know, I taught, you know, you know, you, you hear this all the time. And uh, of course, that wasn't the case. I, I researched it out and uh, didn't have a whole lot of money. I told my wife, I said, you know, honey, so we need to go to this boot camp and learn how to raise money because we need money for our deals. Yeah. She, said, she said, honey, you know, she said, she says, Bob, she says, you know, we can't afford it. And I said, well, we can't afford not to either. So we, ended up, we, so we went up, we went up to Boston. There was over 300 people there. It was this very first one. I sat in the front row and I wanted to learn everything that I could. So he had his SEC attorney there. So I, you know, so we, we could learn how to do it legally and correctly. And when I came back from that boot camp, it was in uh, 2008. It was from 2007, 2008 in, uh, in the first of the year of 2008, that first 90 days, I created an elevator pitch. And an ele elevator pitch is actually a real selling technique. It's a technique that I learned when I worked for a large company. It's a technique used by Xerox and IBM and Canon and Lanier to train their people. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's actually a real story. So what I did, I realized that I needed to create an elevator pitch if I was going to talk to people that did not know me, know who I was. And, and I wanted to, if I wanted to raise money, I needed to have an elevator pitch to create enough interest so I could talk to them about a real estate deal. You started off, you, you went and got in real estate, you started a certain way. And then things started to change like real estate does. <laughs> and, and then you had to say, whoa, new, we need to find a new strategy. And then you thought, you know, you kind of gravitated to apartments, but then you had another, a new roadblock, which was money, right? Because to buy a bigger deal, you need to have money. 
you then kept on through it. You found the solution. You went to more training, more education that helped yes. you where, you know, what you needed to go. And then from there now, now you're also taking from all your life's experiences, right? Yes. And that, that little piece, which you're going to get ready to talk about, man, I'm going to tell you, it is magic. So go ahead. <laughs> So um, just also when we got into this financial situation and needed money, just so that your, your viewers know, um, Corey, is that my dad, when I grew up, I grew up in the projects in uh, Gary, Indiana. My dad was a steel, steel mill worker and he retired from the steel mills after 35 years. And my wife, uh, she's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And her dad was actually a coal miner in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And yes, before you say it, I did marry a real coal miner's daughter. Yes. <laughs> so we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> no, and so, you know, we didn't have any resources. We had no jobs. You know, we couldn't go to our parents. We had no, you know, we, we come from very, very modest upbringing. Right. And so, but we had to make a, an entire paradigm switch. So, um, when I came back from becoming educated, and education was extremely important, I applied what I learned into my own words and my own skills, and I created this elevator pitch. And I'll never forget, I went to a, my very first Chamber of Commerce meeting because I wanted to go where business people were so I could talk with people that hopefully had money. And um, I gave them, uh, I gave a ele my elevator pitch that went, uh, if I could paraphrase, hi, you know, this was in front of... Um, Probably they were having their annual meeting at a private country club. So there were several hundred people there. The mayor was there. There was the board members and the change of the new board members and the president and everything. And, and the country club was packed with business people all over the place. And they said, well, all of the new members raised their hand. Now, would you please stand up? Tell us your name, the name of your company and what you do in one minute or less. And so I was in the back of the room. And as they were, as I was watching people give, you know, tell them who they were and sitting down, I knew it was getting closer and closer to me. And as it got, as I started to get really close, I looked over to the side and I saw the exit door. And I said, man, I could leave right now. The anxiety <laughs> and the tension was like unbelievable. I said, you know, I could leave and nobody would know I walked because I was in the very back. So I had the devil on one side, the angel on the other saying, no, 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 you got to stay. You got to stay. This is your moment. So I stayed and my elevator pitch was something like, you know, it's been like 10 years ago. It's something like, hi, my name is Bob Bowman. The name of my company is Radical Investments. I buy apartments in emerging markets that create great cash flow and have a strong back end. And if you're interested in knowing more about what I do, I'd be happy to talk to you. From that, I got two investors and $300,000. Which is on, on my accredited investor. I got my accredited investor form. I had it with me. Went down and talked to him. And, uh, the, and the thing that was interesting, though, is that I don't know. I didn't know anything about apartments. I'd never been educated about apartments. All I knew is that that's what I wanted to do. Right. So, you know, by able to by getting educated and creating that track talk, uh, I was able to go out and talk to people and within my first 90 days. I had over a million dollars of signed accredited investor forms, and I knew zero about apartments. I didn't know any of it, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so now I go back to my wife. I said, honey, you know, we got all these people that trust us that are interested in doing business with us. And 
And about, you know, I don't know anything about apartments. And this Dave guy, this Dave Lindahl guy is going to have an apartment class in Atlanta. And, and she said, honey, you know, we don't have any money. You, we can't afford to go. So, well, we can't afford not to go. <laughs> yes. So I said, I'll drive. The same conversation, right? Same thing. So anyway, I drove up there and that's where I met uh, Dave Lindahl. On the second day, I went up to him. There's another 300 people there. I needed to learn about apartments and get really good and understand uh, the business and how to find deals and what that was all about, how to underwrite. So I went up to Dave and I said, Dave, I said, excuse me, my name is Bob Bowman. And I was in your first private money boot camp about three months ago. And I just wanted to thank you for all that you have taught me because I was able to raise over a million dollars since. And he says, what? And I says, I just wanted to thank you. I raised over a million dollars. He goes, well, how'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I said, David, I did what you said. Well, what'd I say? He goes, wait a minute. I need to talk to you. So <laughs> that was the beginning of uh, what's become a great, great friendship. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is that once he put me on stage and people knew I knew how to raise money, all of a sudden I became like a rock star and people started bringing me deals. You raised even um, more money because of that, right? Exactly. More people came to me and said, hey, I've got money. I've got deals. Can I talk to you? And it was like overwhelming. And then I knew that once I got educated and I learned how to, you know, a little bit about, okay, how do I talk to the brokers? How do I find deals? And, and from that class, I went out and uh, the, one of the things that I did as part of my education, which is, was really important, is that I got a coach, somebody that was already doing apartments, uh, somebody that had knowledge of it, you know, and uh, because I wanted a fast start and I really wanted to get into business and I didn't, you know, I know that there's a lot of obstacles whenever you're trying to learn something new. Yeah. So I had a coach as part of my education that I, that I stayed with. And after I took that class and I got my coach in less than in about six months, I had my first apartment deal under contract in outside of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. It was 113 units for three point. Uh, $4 million. Now the biggest property I ever bought, I think I bought a $60,000 home. So here I was, uh, I needed to raise a million dollars. And by then I had two and a half million dollars of investors. And uh, I had a, a $3.4 million deal that we sold a couple of years ago for 6.8 million. So we wow. bought it for 3.4, we sold it for 6.8. That was my first deal. That's how I got started. Dude, okay, so this is so funny. We both have the same mentor. Dave is my mentor as well. This is where we both met. I remember you going up on the stage and sharing your private money story of how you got, I think at the time it was like you got money from a guy that was uh, flying the plane, right? And it was like, you know, well, how did you do that? You know, and I asked him and just did my pitch. You know, it's like, it's, it's just the pitch. That's and, right. And I always go back to this. And this is what's so funny. Because I want to call this the I call it I call it the Corleone method, right? <laughs> okay, like Don Corleone, right? Don Corleone. Yeah, you know when you yeah. when you get really good at raising capitals, you know, always people say, "Well, do you raise capital first? Or you find a deal first? I personally believe it's easier if you can find some capital first, or at least have enough people raising their hands saying, "Hey, I'll fund. I'll put some money in your deal," right? Yeah. What that does is it gives you a lot of swagger or uh, power when you're talking with the brokers and everybody that you're going to be in front of. You may not have all the answers of how to find apartments per se, 
But when you know you have capital behind you, you can at least act confident. Yes, that that's right. You know, that's a that's a really good point. And even though, you know, I had private investors that were interested, you know, finding a great deal and them then seeing the value in you in that deal and being motivated to wire the money to you for the deal. You know, that's a little bit different. That's so, the other side of the coin. There's a lot of people that <laughs> raise their hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to give you my money. And then the day that you ask them, <laughs> that money kind of like disappeared like in an instant, right? Yes. Um, we talk about this too, is, you know, when you're going to go so subscribe for a deal, let's say you have a million dollar raise, how much money should you be looking to like get committed? Two and a half times is a good number because that's statistically out of, all the deals that I've done and other people have done, uh, if you need to raise a million, you need about uh, almost two million, two and a half million to be safe. Uh, because, you know, it's because a lot of things happen, as you know, Corey, you know, you're experienced and where someone says to me, and this has actually happened many times, well, I'll give Bob, I'm good for 300,000. And, um, you know, I'm just going to talk to my wife and then I'll let you know on Monday. And then Monday comes and they said, Bob, we're going to still be in your deal, but instead of 300,000, you know, we're just going to do a, th a hundred thousand instead of three hundred, and yep. so you know, you, you know, you you lose what you think you had, and so you always have to have more. And as you get better and you get more investors, and you you know, people, you know, you you start building your own database of investors that trust you and that made money, then it gets easier. Your it, it gets a lot easier. Like as you yeah. start raising money and you've been doing it for a while. I mean, you, I've been doing it for a while. You've been doing it for a while. It does get a lot easier as you build a track record and people know you, like you, and trust you. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about that. And it's kind of interesting, this whole business, you know, it's a double-edged sword because you're always looking for deals and you're always looking for money for your deals. So is it the chicken or the egg? And, and so, you know, you have to be working, you know, your business and all of it at, at you know, you have to keep it going at the at the same time, both of those elements. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I was uh, very fortunate to do about four years ago, Corey, I happened to be going to Boston for an event and I had, I got asked to go to this lecture uh, at Harvard, at, uh, at the Harvard club. And there were three business owners and they are, most of them, they were in, uh, in real estate and, but they also owned other companies and they had grown you know, all of these companies and they were very wealthy uh, individuals and they were from different parts of the country. There was three of them. And one of the things that I remember that came out of the meeting that was universal among all of them, they said that, you know, whether you're going to be in real estate or whatever business you want to be in, if you want to really realize your dreams and your full potential, you have to learn how to raise money. Because if you can't raise money, then you will never reach your full potential. And they were pointing out and made a, you know, a point that, you know, many of the Fortune 500 CEOs in this country, the reason they're the CEO and they're appointed is because of their capacity to raise money for their businesses. You know, so if they're expanding plants and they're building other offices and everything, you know, they need money for that. And so they have an uncanny ability to raise money. It funds their growth a lot of times. I mean, they yeah. usually say, I can't remember, like, I think about restaurant businesses. Everybody, oh, I'm going to open up a restaurant, right? Which is yeah. like the worst kind of investment ever in my mind. But, but the reason most of them fell is because they're underfunded. Yeah. Right? They had enough capital to put it 
all together. And, and that really is so true, right? I think people understand that is that those guys are Harvard guys. They're, they're, they're trained in the art of money anyways. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that's what a lot of them, that's why they're going to Harvard for more than anything is for that pedigree. Cause sometimes it's just yeah. at Harvard, just like gets you into the club. Exactly. You know, one of the things that I found that's the probably one of the most important things to uh, to do and to know in your apartment business, and it also relates directly to raising private money, is that it's really, really important whether I'm talking to a person that has a full-time job in a corporation that has a $50,000 IRA that they want to place, or I'm talking to an equity company that has tens of millions of dollars in the bank. The one thing that helps you more than anything is that, you know, you really have to be a good underwriter and you really have to know your business and the market that you're buying in and kind of underwrite the marketplace, so to speak. Yes. And, you know, and so like when somebody asks you about a deal, that you know, you're not trying to sell them on why they're being the deal or why this is a great deal because you know your numbers and your numbers are good and you understand where you're buying and why people have confidence in the way that you just talk about your deal when they look at your numbers. Yes. And, you know, this is another, so I, you know, I'm going to say I, I love watching Shark Tank, right? <laughs> Me too. And, and if you watch Shark Tank, uh, you know, the ones that come into the, the, the tank and they don't know their business numbers and, you know, how are things working, they always, they never get anybody to invest with them, ever. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's never happened that I've seen. And it's always the ones that are the most confident that really know their business inside and out. And really for us, that's just knowing your deal, right? Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. It's right. It's knowing your deal and having a passion for what you do, believing in what you do. Yeah, I remember when I did my my first deal in 2009, and at that part of our country in 2008, 2009, you know, um, I bought my first apartment in January of 2009, and that was the year that uh, President Bush was leaving office. Yeah, Obama was coming in, and this country was losing over 500,000 jobs a month and people and friends are saying, Bob, what are you doing in real estate? Real estate's crashing. All my friends from Florida, what are you doing even in doing this for? You know, why are you in Texas? You know nothing about Texas, you know? And, and so what's interesting is that one of my investors that was going to be in my first deal decided not to be in it because of all the things going on in real estate. And uh, he took his $250,000 and he lost it. And the guy that put their $250,000 with me got a 37% return over six years on their money. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah, he does. You know, every once in a while, he'll ask me about the deal, but he doesn't. Yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> I mean, so, but the, the, the point was, is that, you know, you really need to know your numbers and, you know, know how to underwrite and make sure that you're buying a, a great investment. You know, a lot of the, you know, some of the more sophisticated investors and people, you know, they'll, a tendency, I'm sure this has happened to you, they'll say, Corey, is this a good deal? And it'll get real quiet and say, Corey, is this a good deal? Yes. Or is this a great deal? And if you're, and if you can't answer that, you know, you know, just in a conversational way and with some confidence, 
you know, they'll probably, you know, they all just most likely say, well, you know what, it sounds like, you know, this is a pretty decent deal, but I don't think the timing's right for me this time, Corey. If you get another one, I'll just wait and do your next deal. And then you lose them, right? Yeah, they come off the line, right? And they so come off the line. Quick, because I have a lot of respect for you, Bob. I've watched you operate. I've watched you say two letters, one word, very many times, which is just no, right? <laughs> right? And, I mean, you got to really master no sometimes in the business, meaning – uh, because you're very conservative and you have the reputation in amongst uh, David Lindell and, and really for since I've known you is it's always been about taking care of your investors and you do that through the underwriting, right? Exactly. Yeah. Through making sure. In other words, when you are seeing your projections, you are not projecting this is going to be the magnificent, you know, benevolent deal of all times. You are saying you're really looking at it from a standpoint of everything's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What can go wrong? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's, let's segue into that because um, you've got something kind of really cool that you've been working on. and, And I think this is really in your genius zone. Yeah, well, you know, thank you, Corey. And I mean, it, you know, it's a little bit of a plug, but it was really out of a necessity as my business was growing. You know, I wanted to get into different forms of real estate. You know, I wanted to get into commercial more because cap rates are, you know, a little bit tough right now with apartments. They're pretty compressed. Yep. And I was looking at, you know, I, I get, I have probably looked at thousands of spreadsheets and Excel spreadsheets and all these, you know, great things by really great people. And, uh, one of the problems that I saw that I was always confronted with is that when people pass around spreadsheets, the formulas get changed in them. And so the results that you're looking at aren't really the results that you're going to get on in the investment. And, um, you know, uh, true story, um, somebody that you know, uh, I'm not going to mention their name, but uh, they had sent me a deal. They put a deal under contract for $19 million and I'm looking at looking at their deal and you know they own quite a bit of real estate and I called them and I said uh, called the so-and-so I said uh, is this the spreadsheet that you're using for your business and they said yeah I said we use it for all of our deals he says well do you know do you know that your formulas aren't calculating correctly well that 19 million dollar deal after the formula was corrected and we made the correct adjustment for their property taxes the deal was only worth 11 million dollars they had it under contract for 19. So, you know, we told them, well, obviously we're not interested in this deal unless the seller is willing to get an $8 million haircut. So, you know, over time, what I decided to do is I decided to create my own software product for underwriting apartments and, uh, and also for all kinds of commercial real estate, whether you want to buy a medical office building or, you know, a little retail center or a shopping center or just anything you know, storage units. And, uh, but I, you know, was particularly focused on apartments and value added opportunities. And I, you know, so I uh, hired a programmer out of Tampa, Florida, and then we hired a senior programmer out of India and 24 hours a day, you know, we were designing and, and they were programming 24 hours a day. And, um, I just recently within the last uh, few months, it's an internet based subscription software called commercial underwriter. And, um, so anybody that you know might be interested in a in a software tool like this, you know, please get with Corey and get you some uh, further information on it. It's called Commercial Underwriter. Uh, we'd be happy to you know at some point in time uh, show it. You know, if people are interested in just taking a look at it, um, yeah. we can we can do that. So 
but I did this because, you know, uh, the people that I work with, Corey, you know, some of them, uh, you know, they don't know a whole lot about real estate. So they need something really simple yet comprehensive to look at so they can understand how the investment's going to perform, you know, because as we all know, you know, too much detail and too much information, you know, it confuses the mind and a confused mind says, no, I'm not going to be in your deal because I just don't understand it. Right. Uh, you know, also, but when you're working with a lender and, you know, you're, or you're trying to get larger money and you're working with an equity partner or more sophisticated investors, they want to know all the detail. They want to know what the net present value is and rates of return. And they want to see the reversion cap and how it's different than your entry cap. And they want to be able to understand you know, a great deal more because a lot of them have their own underwriting templates that they use to underwrite your deal. So yes. that's why I created this software because it encompasses all of these things. So, so. to with the newbie and also to the, the uh, you know, kind of a, I'll call it Wall Street grade type of private capital that may come into your deal. That's correct. And, you know, and I, you know, because of all the fields and all the information, especially when you're starting off at, and you're just buying apartments, you know, I, and, you know, and there's so many fields sometimes when you're learning, it seems a little bit overwhelming. So I dummied it up for myself <laughs> so I couldn't forget anything or make a mistake. So anywhere that I need to input something, it's in highlighted in dark yellow. And I call the software when you go out and look at it, it's called the tagline is simple input, sophisticated output. And that's exactly what it is. So I'm excited about it. And I wrote it for myself and there's a lot more to come. Uh, and I really didn't realize that it had market appeal when somebody pointed it out to me. And because I, I, I just got tired of using other people's and uh, spreadsheets and not being able to underwrite deals that, you know, and be really definitive about the way it needed to be something that would be quick, efficient. Uh, I even have a quick check within five minutes or less, you can take certain financial numbers, put it in and from 30,000 feet, decide if you even want to underwrite. It's called quick check. So you can just go I, I want to get my hands on it. I want to play with it. I'm, I'm actually developing my own little smaller just for apartments, little, you know, underwriting template. But um, I've been searching for something and I just, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier before we came on, but man, I'm, I'm super excited about what you got just because I know your background <laughs> know that you, you probably put your, this is in my mind, it's a passion of yours is, the one thing that, you know, you're always looking for is I need to, you know, different inputs that I need to put in for different things that go on at the property. I want to be able to account for it, right? Especially in yes. the value add stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. As a matter of fact, and we're going to have soon, uh, we'll have a multi-user version. And, and the biggest thing, too, is that when you're communicating with investors about your apartment deal and you're trying to get them, you know, uh, interested and involved, one of the things that takes a tremendous amount of my time I don't know about you to really put a nice property package together is the time it takes. And so uh, what we're doing within the software, because of all the financial statistics and the way it's laid out is already integrated in the software. We're actually going to, the, one of the developments this year is going to be, I want to be able to create a professional property package, you know, for my investors right out of the software. Instead of taking 30 hours, I can do it in 30 minutes. Dude, and so every time, every time I've put a property packet together, Right, it is. Uh, it's a painful experience, by the way. Right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's why I want to do this. It's, it's more painful. I actually sub it out to another person to do. Right. Yeah. Here's where I. This is the painful part, is that there's always errors. Right. And yeah, my last one. 
you know, I've, I think I've edited, I've found everything, every mistake, because they're taking information from one place and putting it in another place. And exactly. one keystroke, you know, and then all my numbers don't jive, right? Yeah. And um, so that's what happens. And I'm just like, well, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to bang my head. And I'm like, you know, because it's so simple if we could just take it from the main data place, right, and transfer. But yeah. we have to manually enter these numbers, and it's just to make a, a packet. So exactly. That that's a pretty big deal, man. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a pretty big undertaking. And then just so you know, the quality is that of what I'm going to do, Corey, is, uh, you know, a property package is probably the one of the most important tools that a real estate broker has because he's trying to capture the listing from the seller that wants to sell his apartment. <clears throat> and then that property package has to go out to other potential uh, buyers of that investment. So a real estate broker's property package is, you know, one of the most important tools that they have. So I have two large regional apartment companies and that uh, I'm working, I'll be working with the owners and we're going to get their input and they're going to help us create the property package. So if I can create a property package oh, yeah. that a broker would use, yes. then I would use it. And I know that it would be good for the community and whole if they could create the same type. Package. Exactly. So, so we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, the, the uh, owners of the apartment companies have uh, agreed to help us create this property package. And so where do we go to find it? It's commercial underwriter, but is that .com or is that? I'm sorry, .net. Commercialunderwriter.net is yes. where we'll find the product. Yes, www.commercialunderwriter.net. Okay, we're almost 45 minutes into it. I want to just real, uh, I want to segue into some tips. Uh, you know, out of all things Bob Bowman um, that you could give any of my listeners to give them a little treat, um, maybe a couple of little tips that you would say that uh, has really been beneficial to you. Can you give them? Can you give them to me? <laughs> well, I think the thing that we kind of talked touched on a little bit. The biggest tip is to get yourself educated, you know, and 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 surround yourself by like-minded people that are interested in what you're doing. Because when you're getting started, there's plenty of people that are going to naysay you and say, "Well, what are you doing that for?" And you know, you don't know anything about that, and that that want to discourage you. But you know. If you get, you got to get yourself educated, you have to take action and um, become a really good underwriter. Know your numbers, you know, know your investment and create your model. And then, you know, don't, you know, I don't have a lot of tolerance for risk, you know. So my model is, is pretty conservative and I, and I only buy cash flow properties, but I would say that you know, if you if you learn how to underwrite, you take action, you get yourself educated and continue to educate yourself, you know, through programs similar to what you offer, uh, Corey, then you'll be successful. You'll eventually be successful. Yeah. And just you don't quit. Right. You, I mean, I always feel like you should be a student and a teacher. Right. Yes. So you are a student. You're always trying to learn more. There's always someone you're always chasing after. Yeah, always, I feel like even no matter where you're at, you don't have to be a guru. You can just be, I'm right here. But there's people down the line 
that need to hear that information, right? Yes. You can, mm -hmm. We all are kind of moving together. And I always feel like be a student and be a teacher. Teach people below you. Try to bring them up, right? Always yeah. be facing a, a, another person that's way, you know, that's where you want to be. Right. That's right. And, and, you know, one of the things I've learned uh, from sales and in just in life in general, and particularly with my apartment business, is that, you know, if you have these goals, you know, for your apartment business, whatever they may be, if you want to try, if you want to get ahead, you have to find a way to help somebody else get ahead first. And I'm always a big believer in if I can find a way to help somebody, then it's going to come back to me. And it does. And you may not see it right away. But uh, it's really important that, like you said, you know, to help others, you know, I like to give a hand up, not a hand out, big difference. Yep. And, um, and so uh, one of the ways that, you know, you can do that for yourself is, you know, just have a mastermind group of people with like-minded people, of maybe two or three people to get started, you know, to, you know, share ideas and talk about the business and hold each other accountable. That's another tip. That's something I did when I first got started. Me too. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just amazing. Now my network of people is so large, I can't mastermind. <laughs> uh, but I just mastermind with one or two people, typically. You know, I, that's, you know, I always find that you have big, big groups kind of get a little complicated. There's lots of egos and stuff. Smaller groups tend to work really well, um, yes. in my opinion. Really, it does help when everybody's kind of focused on the same thing and, and like that underwriting conservative value. If you will always place your capital first, right? Mm -hmm. The money comes first. Yeah. And you protect your capital at all costs and really try to do it right and make sure that you've, uh, you know, that you're just being conservative. Yeah. Well, Corey, one last thing. I have a tip for your single family home uh, students and people that, that might be listening is that um, one of the things that I remember that had a poignant impact on me when I was doing single family homes and wanted to transition into apartments was that in single family homes, all of the money was mine and I made all the money and it was all about me and, you know, what I was able to do. But when you transition to larger deals, you know, it, it's common and you should always look for and have a partner, a partner that will complement what you do. And part of that, you know, mental and emotional transition is realizing that when you look at the money, well, you have to be willing to be a good sharer, you know, and, and share equally into it because it's a different mindset as opposed to when you did everything yourself, you made all the money yourself, but you really, you know what, as long as I have been doing this, it's probably been about 10 years. Even if I could take down a deal by myself, I'd always want to have a partner, you know, only because from a business perspective, it makes good sense to have somebody to share in the risk with you, to share ideas, because, you know, sometimes, you know, things are tough and, you know, you have decisions to make and it's always good to have somebody that you can talk to that has that understands that investment and understands the dynamics of the people in the investment. And then the last thing with that being in mind is make sure that you pick your partner or partners wisely uh, because uh, it doesn't matter how much money they have, but if the chemistry is not good or the other person's not willing to work as hard as you, or there's not a good compliment there, 
your investment is going to struggle and could potentially fold. And that's not what you want. It makes it really hard. And we'll all, you know, you, you know, we all have a partner we, that is undesirable to us at some point, and that's how you learn. But you want to minimize that. Find somebody that you really want to work with. That if you're good at raising money, find somebody good at buying deals. Yeah. Right? But get in the mindset you have to have partners, and you want to have partners, especially when you're reaching just for the qualifications on the net worth and the liquid that you need. Dude, that is sage, sage advice, Bob. Uh, man, I want to thank you for coming on and taking the time. We will, I promise, we are <laughs> going to either do a – I have these things called Kahuna Concepts. I maybe want to get on another Zoom call once we kind of figure it, like you show me all the – Bells and whistles, then we can do one like on a um, share screen or whatever. Yeah. Just kind of tease, just to show what it's capable of. Sure. I would like to give that out and we can post it on Facebook or something or YouTube for, um, for my tribe because um, I'm really interested in that. And um, <laughs> Bob, man, it's a pleasure, brother. I, I really, we don't get together enough. We should make it a point that we should hang out more often because I just, I value you and your wife. And Let's just talk about your wife for just a quick second. She's not <laughs> okay. to this deal either. She teaches for uh, Rich Dad, does she not? Yeah, Rich Dad, uh, right there out of Phoenix. Um, I think they changed their name again, but yes, uh, it's uh, Rich Dad. Ed it was a uh, part of Rich Dad Education, and she's been doing that. She teaches the commercial uh, class that she actually wrote, and she also teaches a mobile park home, uh, mobile home park class for them. So uh, she stays pretty busy. She's, at, she's currently in Pensacola doing a mentoring with a couple investors that own a bunch of apartments that asked her to come up and work with them. So she's the one with all the experience. <laughs> she's been doing it a lot longer than you and I combined, I would think. But, you know, she's been a really good partner on the back end, particularly. Dude, yeah, hey, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Um, for people that want to get a hold of you, how do they find Bob Bowman website? Uh, well, um, well, I, we're, we're going to expand our software website uh, and there'll be some more information there because we're, we're, I'm redoing a few things. But if anybody wants to call me or send me an email, uh, they can email me at Bob underscore Bowman at Outlook.com. And I'll be happy if they want to talk about the software or anything. Uh, I'd be happy to you know, share any thoughts and help them in any way that I can. Uh, my phone number is 321 239 zero six four seven that's three two one two three nine zero six four seven and if you didn't get it you can always call Corey. <laughs> he has my info <laughs> hey man dude i wasn't even expecting that that is way cool brother uh man yeah. you're the salt of the earth i always i just love when i get around you i get excited you motivate me to like be better so yeah and same here Corey. i'm just so excited for your successes and it's really nice to reconnect and I yeah. appreciate the opportunity and hopefully, you know, we've been able to touch somebody and help them in some small way. And if so, the, tonight was a success. Rock and roll, brother. Hey, thanks. <laughs> you have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right,